Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. It's a digital revolution going out there. I'm sure you're aware of that. We're trying to talk about not just what's happening, why it's happening, and more importantly, where this is all headed. And uh, as always, it's a great pleasure to have one of our digital all-stars, Tony Uphoff, who's a four-time CEO. And recently, after turning a 120-year-old family trade media company into a data company that was sold to a public company, Tony's now uh, one of the analysts for us here at Acceleration Economy. Tony, great to have you. Hey, Bob, great to see you and uh, looking forward to our conversation this afternoon. Um, Tony, thanks. So uh, as always, you've, you've come up with an interesting mix of things, I think each of which in its own right would stand alone. But one, you know, having been in that CEO seat or, uh, you know, what, um, oh gosh, what uh, snowflake Frank Slootman calls the combat seat. Yeah. Uh, you're saying that CEOs are in a particular brand of heat and pressure these days. So looking forward to that. And then Tony, also some thoughts about customer success, right? Uh, the rage is to create a customer success department and flag them with really driving this through. And then also, um, Tony, I know you talked about this idea of we've always looked at IT as a efficiency thing, as a as an essential, but on you know in some cases escalating cost that has to be you know beat down or so forth like that. So lots going on in the minds yeah. of the CEOs these days, and love to hear you know what your perspectives are on this, especially in the notion, Tony, of so many people as you say are under pressure bigger decisions, bigger impact in shorter periods of time. That's a, it's a tricky uh, tricky trifecta there. Yeah, and it's funny, Bob, you know, you and I talk about this a lot, and I've also shared with you, as you do as well, I I've been on a journey over the last six to seven months of having a ton of conversations, and I've been freed a little bit from the day-to-day -day operational nature of what I had been doing to have conversations with CEOs, venture capitalists, private equity folks, consultants, advisors, technology <laughs> vendors, and, and kind of looking at, you know, what's new, what's changing, what's shifting. I, I would suggest that senior executives have always been in the combat seat, as uh, Frank Slutman says. I don't think that's new. I think what is new is we go through these cycles where there is a, a step change in tech technology, and what it does is it speeds up change. Yeah. And so that the intensity and the pressure in that environment goes up during those periods of time. It's always high, not to say that it's not, but I think we're going through one of those phases right now. And when I talk to CEOs of companies, Bob, there's a couple of things that I, that I hear a lot of. They're, they're witnessing a digital transformation of their industry. Mm -hmm. now, we talk a lot about the digital transformation of a company. But we're seeing entire industries now that are going through the looking glass of a pretty radical digital transformation, which now, you know, you as a CEO have to evaluate where am I compared to where my industry is going? So there's some emerging benchmarks, you might say, right, where now CEOs are thinking, boy, I'm I'm either way behind the curve or, man, I'm thinking, OK, I might be ahead of the curve here. What does that mean and how do I how do I manage through it? Other thing I've been thinking a lot about, Bob, is, okay, if you if you think about this accelerating nature of change, the increased pressure on a lot of these CEOs, I think what that's ultimately going to do, my prediction is it's going to accelerate this shift to industry and vertical cloud. Mm -hmm. And I also think, Bob, and you and I haven't really talked about this as much before, 
I think what we may start to see is a lot of companies starting to say, hey, I'm going to do more with a fewer number of vendors. Mm -hmm. right? We've seen these cycles before, but I, I, I can't really deal with the, you know, A, too many vendors, but also I need a more holistic partner. Yeah. I need somebody who can come in and say, hey, I want to grow my company. It's all well and good that billing goes faster or that, you know, I have some level of marketing automation or sales automation. Those are really, really important things. But I don't talk to a lot of CEOs today that wake up saying, gosh, I, I, I need I need a faster marketing automation plan. Right. What they're really looking at is overall business growth. So a couple of points there. Yep. I think the heat's going up for for CEOs. And I think uh, as a result of that. I think what we're likely going to see, Bob, is as that change continues to accelerate, I think this idea of, uh, uh, you know, um, embracing, let me call it, industry and vertical cloud, because I think the, the richness of those conversations, if I'm in the manufacturing industry and the head of the, you know, manufacturing cloud from, you know, major tech company X walks in the door, I'm likely going to find somebody that's speaking my language. Ah. And that they're really going to come in with an understanding that the idea is to grow the business, not just automate a, a small component of it. And then I guess, you know, my, my other prediction, Bob, and this one might be a little riskier in terms of predictions, but I think we might be facing an era where, you know, you're going to see, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, you know, uh, there's going to be a massive consolidation, but I think you're going to see, particularly with larger enterprise companies, hey, I, I want to do more with a smaller number of vendors, because I think if they can come in and assure me that they understand the transformation my industry, and in turn that I need to make, if they can understand that and co-create with me, then boy, I'm going to do more with them. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, um, you know, that's a, a, a very compelling vision of what's going forward here. And I guess it's about a year and a half. I really, a little more than a year and a half ago, I started to really dig into some of the stuff of industry clouds. And yeah. struck me, Tony, was in the customer side companies I talked to about that. They said even with relatively small pilots, once the team started to use those, they did not want to go back to the you know traditional horizontal apps. Not there's anything yeah. wrong with those, but they were built to do something else. And the industry cloud let people get more deeply into the data, more interconnections across things that mattered, rather than you know where you get to a point, you got to build a little bridge that connects you back into the area you need to be caught up in. And uh, I can't help thinking when you were talking about uh, you know there will be some. Uh, business leaders across companies who will say, you know, maybe I'm going to do more with a smaller number of vendors. Um, not so long ago, Tony, I think that would have led to, remember the Saturday Night Live skit with, uh, I think it was Steve Martin and John Belushi, but a, a guy ran a, in a mall, he had the, he ran the Scotch tape store and somebody came in and said, <laughs> you have a stapler. Nope. Nope, nope. You got to specialize these days. Only scotch tape. Paper yeah. cup. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. But um, I tell you, Tony, on the other side of that, if this echoes back, you know, you hearing from the buyers, just in the last week, 10 days, I've talked to four big uh, applications companies, and they've all talked about the intensity of their drive to not only make their horizontal apps 
or, or their their industry apps more prominent and better yeah. and push those more aggressively. Yeah. But to take their traditional horizontal apps and start to line those up with more industry capabilities. So I, I think it. this is going to come roaring forward. I think you're absolutely right on the mark. Well, and, and it's interesting, Bob. You know, you and I were talking the last time, you know, we, we taped one of these episodes that you know, I believe there's a bit of a shift in terms of the the buyer motivations, if you will, or the point of view from the buyer, from a, a functional point of view to a business growth point of view. Yeah. You know, to take that, no pun intended, out of the clouds a little bit. I think, you know, we've we've come through an era where, you know, I'm putting Lego pieces together and, you know, that's great and it's worked, it's worked just fine. But now I'm looking at this of, Hey, what is it that I'm actually building? And when I get to the end of it, will it work better than what I had before? And so I think as we as we do that, I think you know you're you're spot on. I mean, I think this whole idea of the industry and vertical cloud really raises you know it, it, its head. I I also think you're going to find over time that um, you know I don't want to say buyers' needs are changing, but I think. The, the way they want to engage with a vendor is going to change. Right. And so it's not that things like technical specs and all those things aren't important. They're critically important. But if they're not put into the context of a deep understanding of how to grow my business, how to take my business forward, boy, I, th- I just think um, I think you're going to see some vendors get stiff armed. I really yeah. do as, as companies are really trying to understand who can I work with that can can help you know really accelerate the growth of my company. And again, easy words to say. I think this is you know at the point of execution, this is fairly complex. And how many verticals can you step into? Mm-hmm. You know, at what level? But I also think you know if you go back, not that long ago, I could argue we're still somewhat in this. A lot of the applications companies are simply trying to be the um, the central nervous system of record. Uh-huh. Right. So the central nervous system was, you know, let's say it was finance. And, you know, now the central nervous system, arguably, you know, uh, Salesforce and others are trying to make it the CRM. You could argue some are trying to make it around customer management systems and CR, you know, uh, not just CRMs, but marketing automation and things like that. I, I wonder if that idea is going to have to shift to, gee, I want all those things, but you need to orchestrate them from the vision of or the point of view of the industry I'm in. Yeah. yeah. And understand how to execute against them. And, you know, I think some of the some of, you know, these tech companies are so, so sharp, Bob, obviously, and they see all this. But man, for a lot of these companies in their go to market, it's like turning a major, you know, tanker. It's not easy to do. You know, they've got sales, you know, huge sales teams. They've got big go to market. They've got channel partners. They've got all this stuff. And you and I are kind of talking about something that might at first blush appear to be a subtle shift in the way the buyer is viewing this stuff. But as you and I both know, if we go back through history, it's often those very subtle shifts where you sort of see some, suddenly the buyer is asking different questions. Yeah. Different yeah. buyers are coming into the room yeah. who don't have, you know, brand familiarity or awareness or biases, you know, for, for legacy vendors. So Long way of back to the core point. I, I feel like there's something starting to move here a little bit. And, and I think it's great for the industry, but I do think that tech vendors really need to understand how to manage, you know, a a you know uh, the the expectations of companies today and understand how to 
fulfill on that promise of industry and vertical cloud to make sure they can deliver on the uh, on the benefits to that customer. Yeah. Tony, you know, um, as you were talking about that, I thought about, you know, for anybody out there who's a football fan, right? Uh, uh, I happen to be a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. There was uh, there was that time, right, when the whole thing was, you know, the team said, if you're going to win in this league, you got to run the ball. Right. I think that's on the rise of the term smash mouth football. You had right. a fullback who was the other offensive lineman, and then somebody ran it. And then if you'd pound somebody up the middle, then you start to throw the ball. Very different game today. And it took a while for some teams to realize that and sort of catch up with it, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. And I think, Tony, we're seeing a very similar thing with the software companies. Um, For, what, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, they dictated sort of the terms of how businesses use technology. You have CRM, you have ERP, and you have HCM. There's some other crap out on the margins, but, man, you got to have those three. And I think more and more buyers are saying, well, Okay, that's what you think. Here's what I need. And like anybody searching around outside, who's going to come and deliver this to me? So this specialization, the yeah. industry stuff, something that isn't big, full-blown ERP. Now they're all talking modular, quicker, some of this, some of this, some of this, some of this. And so to go back to Tony, your first point about it, some, you know, more and more business people are saying to these software companies, hey, look, if we could just put your product catalog off to the side for a second, yeah. I want your knowledge, your expertise. Yep. You mix and match any way you want, but this is the thing I have to have. I think it's almost like the deconstruction of the software industry, and I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I I, I think you're spot on. I've, I've got a, a, a compatriot here that's in the background uh, making sure we're safe from the Amazon delivery service. So you, you might get a little noise in the background there. Sure. Um I, I think you're right, Bob. And I think, you know, it's interesting when, when you talk about the, the, let's call it a playbook, right? So, you know, people are adapting to the West Coast offense, right? To stick with the metaphor here a little bit. <clears throat> I think as you and I have been discussing, I think this idea of the customer success approach to the marketplace is starting to come under fire. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how long it's been, five years, Bob, seven years or so since this idea of customer success was introduced. And I remember... The first time I had a an application provider mention it to me, and I sat in a meeting with our CTO, and you know they talked about customer success, and they brought some people in to introduce us that were the part of the customer success team and all this kind of stuff. And frankly, I was pretty impressed. I'm thinking, well, wait, how how cool is this? They're really really investing in our success, and this is great, and all this kind of stuff. And it probably Maybe it was a year or two years later. It, well, I'll tell you when it was. It was actually three years later because the uh, the renewal of said uh, application was coming up. I remember I inquired about the the customer success. You know, kind of like, hey, so what? You know, do our CTO? You know, what? Hey, whatever happened with that or whatever? He says, well, okay, in the new um, uh, contract, they're going to increase the number of customer success people dedicated to our account along with the price increase. And that's one of the ways that they're they're uh, justifying the price increase. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's a fascinating dynamic. It was really the first time in my mind where I thought, oh, this was potentially a false promise, I bet. And you know what? Within the context of that false promise, shouldn't I be defining? What success is if I'm the customer? And, and I, I know this sounds like kind of a forest yeah. moment, but it really was. And I thought, oh my gosh. Now we had established 
a customer success group in our company because I really thought the program, you know, made a lot of sense. And we over time kind of de-emphasized the, the term customer success, but also really clarified what the deliverables were. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I looked at it as really for the most part post-sale support. You know, these were people that, you know, checked in with you, checked in based on your usage, made sure that your usage was going up, that as a customer, you understand all the things, made sure you understood all the new features and, and could really deal with it. So I, I'm kind of curious on your feedback. Boy, I'm, I'm hearing some pretty aggressive. Let's go back to Frank Slootman. We should have him on one of these because we come at about him uh, you know, on with us, but yeah. we come about him. he's such a talented guy. But I think he's come out pretty aggressively, Bob, of of kind of the false promise of customer success, right? Uh, Tony, he did. And, you know, from almost like a process or org chart perspective, he said, when you when you come in and establish a certain small number of people, you're in charge of customer success. He said, that sounds good. What you do is take that responsibility off the other 90 or 95 percent of the people in the organization. He said, when the hell people in development are in charge of customer success or this part or engineering or services, so on like right. that. He said that one of the first things I do when I come into a new company is he said, I, you know, break up the customer success department, redeploy those people. So it isn't that, you know, he's anti-customer success, quite yeah. the opposite, but yeah. how do you deploy that? And perhaps Tony, it's a vestige of there had been historically so much unhappiness in many, many cases of, uh, engagements with software yeah. companies that it, it needed that little extra feel good band aid type of thing on there, and maybe now, uh, as I think some of these other things we're talking about, CEOs under pressure, shift toward industry thing, lots of stuff is changing, and I think you want to uh, you want to say to somebody, well, any questions you have, you should go through our customer success department, and somebody might say they don't know shit about you know what I'm asking. I need to talk to the person who's been on the shop floor. I need to talk to this person who's in advanced design or, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, Tony, I, you know, I have a uh, fantastic admiration for these companies, you know, like we go through the quarterly results of the Cloudwars top 10. So I don't mean this is being critical of them, but the world changed so fast. I mean, we were headed that year three years ago, two and a half years ago, we kicked it into, you know, hyperspeed. But the software industry was operating somewhat in the same way. And I think now yeah. our customers have lapped the software companies and the software companies are, you know, now they're these massive organizations and they're trying to figure out what the hell happened here. Yeah. So I, I think it's really exciting. But, you know, your point coming back around to the CEOs under fire. Well, how about the CEOs, the leaders of some of these software companies who have to be able to say, what do I, how do I reconstitute myself, keep all the good stuff and build in the new stuff to be able to meet these wild new changes that are coming forward? Uh, Bob, you're nailing it. And I think what's interesting is you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, it's almost like the way we talk about real estate, that it's either a buyer or a seller's market. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder for a lot of these software companies is that while it's still going up and still growing and still remarkable, there's been this subtle shift from the Hey, this is what you're going to take, and you know, here's how the contract's going to work, and here's all the component pieces and all that kind of stuff. There's still a fair amount of that, but now suddenly there's been this perhaps subtle and over time more dramatic shift to a buyer's market, not just a seller's market for software. So that the buyer is, you've said this before, 
is more in charge. And I think the context of that is not the bully pulpit of negotiation. What the context of that is really, hey, you have to help me, you know, run and grow my business, right? Yeah. That you, you really, I, you know, yeah, I'm going to deal with some implementation stuff. I get all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, and the deeper you can get into my business with me to help me do that, probably the better off we're going to be. I, I wonder if an outcome, you know, in terms of making some predictions, Bob, would you would you suggest then kind of to Slutman's point, you're going to see a redefinition of some of the customer success stuff around the vertical or industry cloud approach? I, I would, Tony. Let's jump into that in a second, but uh, I want to offer a message from our sponsors at BMC. It's about data ops. If you don't have a crystal ball, then you probably can't predict the future of your business. That is, unless you're leveraging data ops. It's how modern companies utilize analytics to lean into the future. When DevOps best practices and data management are better organized, analyzed, and data is leveraged, your business value is unleashed. Find out how data ops can bring your company into the future at bmc.com slash data ops. So, Tony, yeah, and I think, you know, those all roads keep coming back more and more to the vertical industry, the expertise, and, you know, your point about, uh, you know, what is success, who defines it, and if the customers define it, they're going to say, hey, yeah, all that SLA stuff, uptime and all that, it's, it's enormously important. You're going to talk to my, you know, head of engineering about that. But I want to know, you know, how much, if we could, if there's an SLA for how much of my industry language, industry expertise, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, you know, I, I will tell you, and I, I, I'd rather not name names because sure. I, that's not really the gist of what you and I get into, but sitting in the seat, running a, a, a mid-market sized company, major turnaround, all in on the cloud. We, we did a ton of work in, in transitioning with technical architecture and uh, our CTO deserved a lot of credit for this at uh, thomas.com. He deserved all the credit. Let me, let me rephrase. Um, there was only one vendor. And I didn't sit in on, you know, every meeting. I would sit in on what the ones he and I would define as, you know, you know, either had a price tag to them and or we thought that was a substantial of enough shift that we kind of wanted more eyes on it in a strategic point of view. I only sat in on one comp, one, one, um, uh, meeting where pretty quickly, I would say it was, Bob, it was in the first 15 or 20 minutes, they were finishing the back half of our sentences. They completely understood our business and they understood that our platform was for industrial markets and manufacturing. They understood the manufacturing market, but what they really understood was the two-sided marketplace business that we had developed and the complexities of creating you know, vendor and supplier profiles and how, you know, customers interact with those profiles and the delicate balance of the data and feeding that data back into the, to the system to improve the experience. And it was stunning, Bob. Now yeah. I'm taking a slightly different tack on a vertical approach, but, you know, in this case, they under deeply, deeply understood the idea of a data-driven two-sided marketplace. And, and I was dazzled yeah. We ended up selecting them as the first among equals as we started to, to really accelerate our strategy. And I look back on it, Bob, both that meeting, but that decision was pivotal in the turnaround and growth to the company. I don't think I realized how much at the time. And it wasn't a massive amount of money. It was expensive for us, but it wasn't a bet the farm 
um, financial decision, quite the uh, quite the uh, the opposite. But in any event, I, I think it it cuts to your point because it was such a powerful moment for me. And again, they weren't using buzzwords. They weren't, you know, you know, like they read our brochure and then walked in and repeated it back to me or, you know, some, you know, a hackneyed sales technique or something, but it was a level of very rapid trust building where I thought, okay, Hey, these folks understand the complexity, but they also understand you know, uh, true north. They understand really where we're trying to go as a business and a company. And so early on, they, if anything, started to recommend KPIs that we should start to assimilate and, and to look at. And, and, you know, they weren't necessarily saying, hey, we'll guarantee you these KPIs, but they really um, understood the dynamics of the business. So I guess long-windedly, Bob, I think this trend doesn't always have to be the way we think of a vertical industry as in healthcare or manufacturing, it, it, it could be, you know, around the business model. Yes. You know, imagine, you know, how many cloud vendors probably have some very, very astute folks when it comes to streaming. Yeah. Are, are probably working very closely with companies like Disney, yeah. very closely with companies like Netflix or Hulu or whoever the heck that it might be. So I think, you know, it's, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but I think kind of coming back and, and I hope I'm not over, over making the point. I think this is a big shift in the way that, you know, companies need to go to market, but also in, in the mindset now of corporate decision makers. I, I'll say for, for the next time, Bob, I, you've touched on the idea too, that as we get deeper into industry and vertical um, I think the the um, the value is oftentimes in proximity to the revenues of the customer, yeah. and I think we are starting to see a I don't know if the right term is new Bob or an expanded group of decision makers, but I'm starting to see, you know, we've seen these cycles before. Business unit managers weighing in or getting to to know, and they're coming to the party because they're they own a number. Yeah. And they're looking at this and realizing what a competitor is doing versus what they're doing is oftentimes a deployment of technology. It's not pricing. It's not, you know, it's it's a feature or function that is technology enabled. And so I think that's another side of this, Bob, that as that, as that table expands or however you want to look at that of decision makers, I think that opens up both opportunity, but a, a, a bit of complexity for yes. technology vendors. It, it, it will, Tony. I was, you know, listening as you described that. And one of the things I thought of was, you know, if, if you're, a, you know, in your former seat as a CEO and uh, tech companies are coming to pitch to you and your CTO, and maybe, you know, there's two questions you could ask them is one, do you want me to think of you as uh, somebody who helps my company be more efficient or somebody who helps me boost yeah. revenue? I said, well, I help with the fit, but yeah, boost revenue guy. Okay. Tell me about my business model. Tell me about the, you know, two-sided uh, marketplace. And if they do the, you know, blah, 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 blah thing, then, okay, hey, uh, you know, you scored well on the first question, but you're you're out because of yeah. this. So that thing of, you know, being able to speak the language of the customer, as you said, it isn't just healthcare, 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 but rather inside of that, the movement of money, the deployment of people, the role of data, you know, where these things happen. And then Tony, so many industries now, more and more regulatory issues, privacy yeah. issues, those yeah. things. And you don't want to lead somebody to a, you know, down to a point where they say, holy crap, you didn't, 
I didn't know about, I didn't know this legislation was coming. So, right. yeah. Uh, it's interesting because you, as you're talking, I'm thinking in this, um, in this meeting that I'm talking about, it was the first time in my career, you know, and, and gosh, close to 20 plus years now where I've had authority over, you know, spending of technology and things like that. It was the first time a vendor ever said, explain to me how your company makes money. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as I started to do that, that's when they started, oh, okay, so you operate like this. And then, so your challenges are this, this, and this, and this. And it was a really interesting, they, they didn't say, tell me how many people you have in right. ops or how many people you have in dev or show me an org chart or, you know, uh, what's your biggest pain point or any of those types of things, which those things came out over a period of time. But it's funny that the discovery was really a very simple but powerful question. How does your company make money? Yeah, yeah. Well, Tony, you know, as, as we we wind down here i know one of the things uh the other day you know you could uh, we, we did a couple of pieces last week about uh the oracle microsoft multi-cloud yeah. thing through the eyes of the uh fedex ceo rob carter yeah and, and he didn't get in and talk about multi-cloud technology and code and you know start throwing out tech terms and xyz acronyms and all that he said um we want to have the right data in the right cloud at the right time for the right purpose. And this allows us to do that. And the more data we can get in the right place, the right time for the right purpose, the better decisions we can make, the happier our customers are. So this stuff doesn't have to be mind-numbingly complex, Tony. Like, how do you make money? Well, we have to be able to do this. We have to be able to yeah. do that. And uh, I, I think it's it's very exciting to watch these big software companies. Now, uh, this, is, this is going to be fun over the next year and a half. Um, uh, elephants dance. I, I don't think they're elephants at all, but you know, what are they? Cheetahs, but they're going to have to learn how to uh, be a slightly different sort of cheetah along the way. Well, and, and, and Bob, to your point of, you know, there's going to, I think it's already started, but I think you're going to see some fascinating co-opetition and alliances and partnerships and channel strategies, because I think, you know, these are very smart, very successful companies. And whether the customer raises their hand and says, Hey, we we need to have this tool or application integrated into what you are bringing us, or you know the provider delivers on that on their own. I think you're going to see more and more and more of that. Exciting times, to say the least. And I think, you know, in the spirit of, you know, what we we traditionally would say is, gosh, you know, who really wins here is the customer. I, I would argue that in an era of co-creation like this, I think both the customer and the vendor win in this kind of a marketplace. If, if you know, you're, you're dealing with smart folks. Yeah, open-minded, uh, thinking about things in the, executing in the short term, thinking about things in the long term. And Tony, I just wanted, before we go to, to I just ask you that one more, just the, the, the point you made, and I don't think this could possibly be overstated, the significance of there are so many new players around the decision maker table. Right. So these ideas, tech companies can come in and talk about the same old thing and everybody will laugh at the old SAP jokes and the Oracle and I Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. They these new buyers, they have no history of that sort of thing. What they have coming in with a burning urgency, it says, I need to get this done in either six weeks or 12 weeks. 
And who's the best company to do it? And I don't give a rat's ass what you did a decade or two ago. Who is the right company right now? So this urgency of what you're describing, of speak the language of the company, how they make money, of the industry, and where it's headed, man, that's that's going to be the ticket. Yeah, Bob, I think I think you know that I'm going to leave that for for another time. I think that's a really interesting conversation, and and I, I want to be clear to the listeners. You know, I, I'm by by my description of this, I'm not suggesting there's this completely new pool of buyers that no one's ever discovered, which is you know kind of a a, a mythical marketing approach. I, I do think when you see the level of change, there are certain things that are going to come along with that level of change, and and I agree with you. I think there's generational shifts and changes, um, but there's also functional people yeah. who are have proximity and own numbers who are looking at other competitors and realizing the differences those competitors uh, are offering features that are driven by technology or my customers are asking for features that are driven by technology. So if I'm in that group and I own that number, I'm going to be you know, knocking on somebody's door saying, hey, I, I really want to make sure that we're paying attention to this. And I think you know, whether they're being invited in or they're blowing the door open, uh, I agree with you. I think there's a really a fascinating, um, I don't know if it's changing of the guards, probably a little too dramatic, but I do think if there's a shift in what that, you know, I always think of that, the buying table, who actually sits around that, that boardroom table. I think there's a substantial shift there today and an exciting one actually for, for, uh, for a lot of companies, as long as they can adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah, perfectly said, Tony, perfectly said. And uh, thanks as always, my friend, for for being here. Great insights in a pretty wild time right now, Tony. Really, really fun. Indeed. Thanks, pal. See you next time. All right. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope things are going great for you. Uh, We will be back next month with uh, Mr. Uphoff here, checking on other things of how the CEOs and C-suite has to adapt to a very new interesting and exciting reality. Thanks for being with us.